Welcome back to tonight's intermission report. Merrimack playing Boston University tonight, hosting the BU Terriers here in the third meeting uh, of the season between these two teams here at J. Tom Lawler Rink. We are actually chatting before the game here, playing this uh, during the intermission, chatting with Bernie Corbett, the voice of Boston University hockey. And uh, first of all, Bernie had a chance to watch any of the Olympics. Jordan Greenway looks really terrific out there. I actually think that all of the uh, all of the college kids who are over there playing for the uh, for Team USA in the Olympics uh, are, you know, if they're not all of their best players, they're certainly among their best players. Yeah, I would say so. Well, obviously, uh, the night that uh, Tonano had the other night against uh, Slovakia was really impressive. I've been really impressed with him over the last couple of years. Uh, to me, it's a mystery as to how the Bruins didn't get him out of school this year. I, he could, I think, he could be definitely could be up uh, playing for the big club in the, in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, that's probably just a matter of time for him at the end of this season. But uh, you're right; he's been impressive, and uh, see Greenway score, and also Greenway to you know kind of raise the level of his game, the intensity level of his game. Um, for a guy that just turned 21, there's great expectations, as there always is with a guy of his size and his skill level. But uh, I think he's answering a lot of those questions, and he's been impressive. Well, like you said, for a guy like him, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, the pros are watching him closely. So for a guy that, to move from, like you said, moving from college, now stepping up onto a bigger stage, the Olympics, the worldwide stage, and, and to answer the, answer the bell, as it were, that obviously they're going to like that. Oh, no, indeed. And, uh, you know, there's been rumors. I think it's kind of crazy with some of this stuff. Well, he's not coming back to BU. He's going to go right to the NHL. I don't think there's any truth to that. And uh, I think that he will be back at BU. And depending on what happens now in single elimination, sooner or later he's going to be back. And uh, I think that uh, that he'll be energized for, uh, for the stretch run here and uh, hopefully for the postseason for the Terriers. How the Terriers adjusted to his loss? I mean, obviously they were on a pretty darn good streak just before he left, since he left, uh, 0-2-1, but, uh, you know, a lot of different things can go into that. How have they adjusted to not having him, and what have the lines looked like? How have, you know, has there been, have there been issues with trying to get the lines to gel and so on? Yeah, it's, been, it's, it's obviously a significant loss, and I think particularly significant since he found a home at center, since he moved to center back, uh, I guess it was around midpoint of the season. And uh, not only the fact that he made the move, but he's been so comfortable playing in the middle. He's really warmed up to it. Uh, was something that wasn't uh, he didn't have as much familiarity with, but uh, he, you know he agreed to it. He's Coach Quinn has got a very uh, you know close relationship with him, yeah. and uh, he, he really has uh, become uh, I think he had a good comfort level at center and has been very good. Obviously down low defensively, very solid. Uh, he is missed right now, and, and equally missed is the fact that Patrick Harper's been out. So yeah. you can arguably say, and two completely different type of players, that BU has been without, you can say, the two top forwards. You know. Uh, talking with David Quinn before the game, he referred to the loss last night to UConn. They led in the third period. A couple of two-goal leads ended up losing in overtime. He referred to it as crushing. I mean, did it seem that way to you? And I mean, it is late in the season. Will they have trouble coming back from that? Well, I hope they don't have trouble coming back for that, but uh, I think uh, crushing, stunning and crushing would be uh, would be apt uh, description. Uh, I just know at uh, you know, my tender age of 57, when I get very animated after a game in terms of uh, maybe, you know, hurling objects around the uh, the press area, I, that's kind of how, that's the, kind of the benchmark for me, and I was in one of those moods. And, uh, well, you've got to be careful, too, when you're over there at the Excel Center, you know, you're pretty high up. You're a long way up. I, I didn't contemplate jumping, I'll tell you, it wasn't at that point, but uh, it was a particularly long ride home, just uh, thinking of how that game got away from the Terriers and 
Uh, yeah, they've been a resilient team this year. I mean, it was one up and one down for so long until they put this good stretch of hockey together. So we're uh, certainly hoping that they can uh, they can bounce back from uh, a loss that was a real tough one to swallow last night, seeming to have the game in control with 10 minutes left. You know, I look up and down the, the league and the teams in the league and games that we've seen, and really from the start of the season, I think right through even to this week, I mean, you can go right through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. You get teams that had leads in the third period and ended up not winning the game, and that's happened an awful lot this year, which I think you know points to the, the parity, so to speak, in the league. Even if the top teams in the league are not among the very, very top teams in the country, it's still the case that, you know, I'm not sure that we should necessarily be surprised anymore that, that you know, if you don't play a full 60 minutes, that teams are going to find a way to come back. Oh, that, that's absolutely right, Mike, and as someone who has been around this league, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm ancient uh, since the very beginning of the league, <laughs> I can't remember anything quite like this where, you know, I've talked to, uh, I'd say, probably almost half the coaches this week just in the course of my normal activities of what I do, and I asked all of them, I said, would you be surprised in the postseason if any series went a particular way? In other words, would you be surprised if any team knocked off any other team, XB, team Y? And they all said the same thing, no. The answer is no, and, and I can't remember... Uh, not having some separation where you could actually make that statement as emphatically and I think as uh, as truthfully as you can right now. It's 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 just something we've never had, really. Yeah. And when you look at the fact that the league doesn't have, I don't know if this is the first time ever. I can't remember the last time it may have happened that you know Providence is the is the top team, I guess at least in, in the pair wise. They're down around number eight or number nine. Yeah. Then you have to go down to thirteen or fourteen for Northeastern. You know, so there isn't that team that's battling for number one hasn't been battling for number one throughout the season. There's you know whatever. Whoever the, I don't know who the best team is in hockey East, but they haven't been one of the top two or three teams in the country. Yet the league has seemed to be, you know, as tight as ever. How do you reconcile that? And, and is one better than the other? Yeah, I think it's just. I, I think the league is is for a certain extent is is down in terms of. Uh, you know, you look at quantity and quality of the league. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of played itself out right now that maybe there is not the quality, the top-level quality in the league. I think that, you know, you kind of, you know, built by ourselves, you kind of, yeah, what your record is. And I think the league's record is kind of what the league's record is right now in that regard. But it doesn't make it any less competitive or to have as intriguing a playoff as I think we're going to have to determine. Uh, I mean, the likelihood is we're probably you're only going to have a couple of hockey teams in, and that's something we're unaccustomed to. Usually we can kind of count on three or four. Uh, but... Uh, I, I think it's going to be—it's uh, going to be what we've had all year. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be entertaining, and you're in a situation where almost anything can happen. Yeah. Right, we're going to see Lowell next week. First time that Merrimack will have played Lowell, and ironically, it comes in the last weekend of the season. Your thoughts on Lowell? You've seen them a couple times. Uh, you know, well, what will be key in the series for both those teams next week between Merrimack and Lowell? Well, you know, you, you can't discount what Lowell's done. I mean, to be in the in the Hockey East Championship game in this league five years in a row, win three titles. Uh, I, I think that they have taken a, a little bit of a dip this year, which which I think is probably not surprising when you consider some of the firepower they lost, some of the great players from a year ago. Uh, the fact that they've settled the goaltending from you know Wall having his struggles and then Hernberg becoming the guy, that's impressive, the fact that he stepped in. But uh, once again, I, I think uh, you know dangerous, well-coached, competitive, and I think with their struggles during the regular season, I think you know catching them now uh, at, at this time, I think it'll certainly be, it'll be a couple of tough battles for you, no question. And Norm's going to want his team. I think he's disappointed in their regular season, but I think as every coach around Hockey East is going to have the theme of, hey, the new season, why not us? Right, right. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, before I let you go, quick predictions. Uh, Olympics, hockey, men's and women's, where does the U.S. end up? U.S. men, U.S. do the U.S. men get a medal? U.S. women, do they get gold? I think the U.S. women are going to get gold. Um, I, I, I think, I think that, that, that this is their time. I think what they did in the preliminary round, you know, notwithstanding, they outshot, they outplayed Canada. Um, they had, I, I think they got, obviously, the familiarity level is off the charts because of that exhibition schedule where they barnstorm and chase each other around all the time. Uh, I think, but I think it is their time. I, I think it's about time, and I think it's their time. I got confidence in the depth of their team and uh, what, the, what they know as far as being able to play Canada, play them successfully. The U.S., I think they put themselves in a really tough position right now. Uh, I certainly would say I have my doubts. I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I have my doubts that if they are going to be a medal, medal team right now, unfortunately. You know, a lot of great stories there. Yeah, true. All right, should be good. Thanks, Bernie. Always great to see you. We certainly appreciate it. Have a good call tonight. Good luck to be you the rest of the way, and you know, maybe we'll see you again down the road. Well, thanks, Mike. If, if not, we know we're going to see each other. We, we always have our frozen four uh, time together. <laughs> Look forward to that. There you go. All right, that's Bernie Corbett, the voice of Boston University Hockey. We'll be back with more right after this on the Merrimack Intermission Report. This is Warrior Hockey. Good job.